0: Welcome to Living Truth Radio, a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship with Pastor Michael Lands. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. 1 Samuel 25. Abigail, her speech will be 153 words in Hebrew, and she's really going to divert David's anger. She says, please, 25, do not let my Lord pay attention <laughs> to this worthless man. That's her husband. Don't ever talk about your husband that way. But, but the fact is, he's a fool. That's his name. <laughs> so in essence, part of her argument on her face before the anointed one is, he's not worth it. Don't even waste your time with this man. He's a worthless, Belial is the word here, He's a Belial. He's a worthless man. Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is his game. I added that. That's actually not the literal translation, but it was too tempting. So I had to go with the rhyme. She actually says, Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. Fool fool is his name, and he lives up to it. Wow. Now, what do you think David's, David's had, you know, he's kind of clutching the sword and then he runs into this woman and she is married to this fool and she's on the ground and there's food and gifts and she's humbling herself before David and being honest. So many of us could avoid a lot of problems in life if we just started with being humble. Humility is such a difficult thing, isn't it? Uh, humility will solve a lot of problems in, in your life. It will stop a lot of fights in your marriage. But when we get proud, oh, chest goes out. You ain't going to tell me. My slide, my stuff, my grain. My house. You say it with a little snarl too. Mine. Right? So she says, pay no attention to Nabal, for he is a nabala." <laughs> The fool is filled with folly. That's the play on words in Hebrew. So notice what she says. She says, but I, your maidservant, 25, did not see the young men of my Lord whom you sent. Abigail's saying, if I would have been there, it would have been different. I wouldn't have snubbed you. I would have sent plenty of pizzas to take care of your group. It would have been fine. She's diverting attention again. Now, therefore, my Lord, 26, as the Lord lives, she's a believer in Yahweh. She takes a word of oath, which they would say, you know, as God is alive. So, and then you follow it with a statement. She says, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, as you're here before me, since the Lord has restrained you from shedding blood and from avenging yourself by your own hand, now then let your enemies and those who seek evil against my Lord be as navel. She 's already making a prophecy, if you will. she's saying, "My coming here to you now has averted you having innocent blood on your hands. If you've ever had anybody talk some sense in you into you and stop you at a critical moment of your life right before you were going to do something dumb, in David 's case, you know, uh, later he cannot build the uh, temple because his hands are filled with blood and it's Abigail who says, you don't want to go, you, you're the future king. You don't want to go into your reign with the blood of this household on your hands. Because the only guilty party is truly Nabal. And Abigail is wise. So sometimes when you have somebody come up to you, and, and maybe what they say to you is not, it's, it's stopping something you intended. Maybe you've, you've got a plan. You're going to do somebody in. You're going you're to, you've, you've rehearsed it. You know, and you've gone over it with a friend. Here's what I, I should have said it right here. I should (laughs) have, you ever done that before? Every time you walk away from an interaction, then you say, I should have said this because that would have got him right there. And somebody says, are you sure? Uh, Excuse me if this makes noise. You want to pray about that one? Have you thought that one through? You ever have somebody in your life like that? And Abigail, intelligent, smart, telling you, maybe you should think twice. So she says, um, the, but she gives credit to who? Look at 26. Since the what? The Lord has restrained you from shedding blood. God has done this. Sometimes God moves in the very natural times of life. All of a sudden, something happens. You run into somebody and you go, hmm. And you know what? Maybe that wasn't just a coincidence. Maybe that was a divine appointment. That was a messenger from the Lord, trying to keep you from going the wrong direction. From avenging yourself by your own hand. Now then, let your enemies and those who seek evil against my Lord be as Nabal. So she was a heaven-sent messenger. Look at 27. Now, let this gift which your maidservant has brought to my Lord be given to the young men who accompany my Lord. Now you're going to see her call David Lord. The word Lord is Adonai in Hebrew. It means master, but it can also mean husband. And it's quite interesting because this is also prophetic because Abigail is going to become David's wife. And we husbands would prefer if you ladies could start calling us Lord. (laughs) Are you laughing at that? In 1 Peter 3, it says that Sarah called Abraham Lord. So if you hear that, guys, if you hear that, you know, you hear Lord, just say yes, honey. I'm totally serious. I think this should be implemented (laughs) now. Nobody walk out. It's all right. She says, please forgive the transgression of your maidservant. Now look at, again, she's taking the blame. Please forgive the transgression of of your maidservant for the Lord will certainly make for my lord an enduring house she's prophesying over his future house because my lord is what fighting the battles of the Lord and evil shall not be found in you all your days now she's making a prophecy and implied in the prophecy is don't bother fighting this battle don't go another pace farther He's not worth it. You've got bigger battles to fight. You're going to run the kingdom of Israel. Pick your battles, people. If you're consumed by this situation that in the scale of life is minor, flick it off you like a fly, flush it down the toilet and move on. That may be a word for somebody tonight. Don't let that consume you. Especially if you know it's some minor waste of time thing. Man, Abigail is wise. She says, you've got bigger battles to fight. Your house is going to endure. And should anyone, 29, rise up to pursue you and to seek your life, then the life of my Lord shall be bound up in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. In the ancient world, people would take valuables and they they would bundle them up. Almost like if you've ever seen somebody take valuables and they put them like in a blanket or a napkin and bury them? Well, that's what they would do in the ancient world. They would bundle them for protection. And Abigail takes this metaphor and she says, uh, should anyone rise up to seek your life? And who's seeking David's life right now? Saul. Then the life of my Lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the Lord your God. The blanket for the Christian is the Lord. Our lives are hidden it, with God in Christ, he's got you covered in the righteousness of Christ. Praise God. He, he blankets us and covers, you know, he washes away a multitude of sins. And look, this is beautiful language. She says, if anybody ever tries to rise up against you, may the Lord just bundle you with protection. May he hold you as a refuge. And, he, and then she says, but the lives of your enemies... He will sling out as from the hollow of a sling. And David had to be going, yeah! Because he took a sling and he killed a giant. He goes, this woman's all right. God's got me protected, hollowing out slings. This is cool. Man, she did bring her father joy. That's the meaning of her name. And it shall come about when the Lord shall do for my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and shall appoint you ruler over Israel. Notice Abigail. Um, Look at 31. That this will not cause grief or a troubled heart to my Lord, this situation, both by having shed blood without cause and by my Lord having avenged himself when the Lord shall deal well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. In essence, she says, this is just a blip on the screen. Take your raisin cake cakes or your fig cakes take your raisins and go and forget about Nabal but when you come into your kingdom do you remember me and there was a man on a cross remember 2000 years ago in his dying moments he was hurling abuse at Jesus he saw how the anointed one responded to the abuse he didn't not repay evil for evil or insult for insult and he turned to Jesus from his own cross, and he said, "Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom." And Jesus said, "Most assuredly, I say to you, today, you will be with me where, in paradise." It is interesting that Abigail would become David's wife, and the church is Christ's bride, and so the imagery is, I think, profound here, and. Um, there are many references to the coming throne of Jesus Christ. In Luke one, when the angel speaks to Mary about the coming Messiah, just write down this write this down for your notes. He says, He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Luke one, thirty-two and thirty-three. And then a prophecy later. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant. And verse 77, Luke 1 says, to give his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. It's interesting to me that Abigail humbles herself before the anointed one asking for forgiveness, talking about his coming kingdom. And he, David, is a picture of the coming Messiah. And if you will humble yourself under his mighty hand, you will get forgiveness. He will grant you a pardon. And she says, remember me, zakar. It means act favorably on my behalf when you come into your kingdom. Then David said to Abigail, so now David's just been listening to the speech so far. This has been great. 153 Hebrew words, compelling. She's been humble. And David said to Abigail, now he has a choice to make here. Compelling speech, good food, tasted a couple of raisins, they're pretty good. However, (laughs) you ever been there before? You can't be talked out of something, but David doesn't do that. David said to Abigail, blessed be the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. David knows that God did this. And blessed be your discernment, 33, and blessed be you who have kept me this day, this is humility on David's part, from bloodshed and from avenging myself by my own hand. I was gonna take vengeance into my hands, but God's teaching me that vengeance is mine. Saith the Lord, and you, Abigail, stopped me from doing something stupid. Thank you. Blessed be you. And David is the opposite of Nabal. Nabal's the fool. He won't listen to anybody. But David's the coming king, and he's willing to listen. You want to be a better leader? Open your ears. you got two ears, one mouth, which does imply you should listen more than you talk. And all God's people, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> now, quiz, is you be, should be, James 119, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. It's the quiz principle. Q-S-S, I know you think we're nuts, but it's all right. Q-S-S, quiz. you got it now? Quick to hear, slow to speak. Slow to anger. James 1.19 will save you a lot of problems in your life. Nevertheless, as the Lord God of Israel lives, 34, we're winding down. Who who has restrained me, all credit to God, from harming you? Imagine, uh, what if Abigail was caught in the crossfire? Or what if David left uh, Nabal's village burning and he turned aside and saw Abigail weeping after he had killed everybody that she loved. And David said, you know what? Um, You've restrained me from harming you. Unless you had come quickly to meet me, surely there would not have been left to Nabal until this morning light as much as one male. Wow. So David received from her hand what she had brought him, and he said to her, go up to your house in peace. That's what David wanted in the beginning. See, I've listened to you and granted your request. So, Abigail's actions changed the situation into one of peace by her hum- humility. David learned a lesson. And, and now he says, go in peace. Literally, he says, I lift up your face. That's the Hebrew. You've had your head down. Go back with your head high. Go home with your head high. Thou, O Lord, are a shield about me. You're my glory. You're the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. you the lifter of my head. Psalm 3, verse 3. Then Abigail came to Nabal, and behold, he was holding a feast in his house. After all, he just made all the money from the sheep. Like the feast of a king, and Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was very drunk. So she did not tell him anything at all until the morning light. If somebody's very drunk, it's not the time to share news with them. But it came about in the morning, 37, when the wine had gone out of Nabal. That his wife told him these things, and Abel's heart, notice, his heart died within him so that he became as a stone. Uh, hey fool, that's his name. <laughs> I just want to update you on some current events. We're missing some products. You'll notice the fridge is a little less stuff in it. Here's why. David with 400 men was coming to kill you and everybody in the house. And I went with the donkeys and the, you know, and the stuff. And, and I reasoned with him. And, I, and, and now he's not going to kill you anymore, or at least I think. She may have added that. I don't know. And he went, what? He was hung over. You know, he just took seven ibuprofen. I mean, it's tough, you know. And <laughs> scholars don't know if that's what it was. If he just froze and, and had a heart attack or a, a stroke. And notice... About ten days later, it happened that the Lord struck Nabal and he died. This is reminiscent of Herod when he gives that great speech in Acts 12 and he's being acclaimed as a god. This is not the voice of a man. It's the voice of a god. He says, that's right. Keep it coming. Here you may kiss my ring. And he was struck by an angel and history tells us he got a terrible intestinal thing and he died. And... You know what? The Lord fought the battle. David didn't even have to raise his hand because Abigail shared the news and he became like stone. He was in bed apparently for 10 days and bye-bye fool. One woman humbles herself. Another man refuses to humble himself and he perishes and she lives. Now when David, 39, heard that Nabal was dead, he said, (laughs) this is pretty funny, Praise God. (laughs) You need to highlight that because this is justification. Did you hear about the couple they are driving home from the aunt's uh, funeral and uh, the husband looks at the wife and he goes, uh, he goes, honey, he goes, I have mixed emotions. I'm sorry that your aunt died, but he goes, I got to tell you, it's a relief. And in fact, he said, I wouldn't have put up with her all these years had she not been your aunt. And she goes, my aunt? I thought she was your aunt. (laughs) So the report comes. Nabal's dead. (laughs) And David says, blessed be the Lord. I don't know how far to push this, but anyway. Who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal has kept back his servant from evil. The Lord has also returned the evil doing of Nabal on his own head. And then David sent a proposal to Abigail to take her as his wife. Vengeance is mine, but even when vengeance happens, the Lord may grant you some unexpected gifts. It is possible, by the way, that since there may be a kin relationship, David may be playing the part of the kinsman redeemer. Abigail, to our record, has no child except one through David. So it may be that this marriage is an extension of grace that David is going to take Abigail uh, because there's a kin relationship and he is going to redeem her uh, because nobody else in the family did. I don't know for sure, but it's possible. So when the servants of David came to Abigail at Carmel, they spoke to her saying, David has sent us to you to take you as his wife. Now, I mean, she had Nabal. David had to sound like a pretty good option, right? And she arose bowed with her face to the ground and said, Behold, your maidservant is a maid to wash the feet of my Lord's servant. She said, Man, I'll even do windows. This is awesome. It's a loose translation. <laughs> then Abigail quickly arose, rode on a donkey with her five maidens who attended her. and she, Of course, you know, they were a wealthy household. And she followed the messengers of David and became his wife. David had also taken a Hinnom, of Jezreel, and they both became his wives. There is polygamy here. God seems to allow it at this point, even though it's really not what his best. But notice what happened. Now Saul had given Michael, his daughter, David's wife, who had stuck up for him and protected him, you remember earlier, to Palti, the son of Laish, who was from uh, Galim. Uh, what happens here is that when David's out on the run, and remember, uh, Michael had told the story about David and, and, and it wasn't accurate, but I, I don't know if it's a forced divorce, but Michael is now not married to David anymore, so David has another wife and then he takes Abigail as another, but he's no longer married to Michael, although they will, uh, he will take her back in 2 Samuel. Notice one final thing. Abigail quickly arose, rode on a donkey, and she had her five maidens with, with her. I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, in the ancient world, the maidens would accompany the uh, the bride to be, and the bridegroom and his attendants would come and meet the bride. And in Matthew 25, Jesus told a story. It's in verses 1 through 10, and it's about the uh, those who are part of the wedding party. And there are five wise maidens and five are foolish. And the five wise have their oil, and they're they're all sleeping, but they respond. The other ones have to go get oil and then they come and they knock on the door and they say, open to us. And the response of the Lord is, I don't know who you are. And this is an interesting picture when we tie everything together and we look at David's marriage to Abigail. Abigail is received into the family because she humbled herself, if you will. That's what you have to do to become a Christian. Um, Of course, Nabal's end is the end of all fools disaster. Not just physical death, but uh, I would assume in Nabal's case, a terrible spiritual future. And so, uh, trusting in God is important and letting Him mold and shape you. Let's bow. Father, thank you that uh, we can go through the Word of God. It's so valuable, so rich, so deep, so uh, profitable for the man or woman of God to be equipped fully equipped for every good work. Thank you that we can find some humor in this, but we can also find valuable lessons for life. The first step is to trust you, to be like Abigail, to humble ourselves, ask for forgiveness, and trust that you're going to bring us into your family. We can't bring a gift. There's nothing that's going to satisfy you as a king. The gift you want us to bring is us. And if you're here tonight and you've not met Jesus, He wants you just to humble yourself before Him and just say, Lord, I want to know you. Christianity is a personal relationship with God, so with your head and heart bowed. If you've not met Him, if you don't know for sure, if you died tonight, if you'd be in heaven, you can settle it. It's not based upon good works, it's based upon... The shed blood of Jesus Christ at the cross, your sins have been paid for, but you must receive that salvation. So if it's you tonight, ask Him in and have a new start in your life. It's something like this if you want to pray it out loud. Pray these words Jesus, come into my life. Thank you that you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Make me your child. Forgive me of my past mistakes. I turn from them and I turn to you. In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for extending grace to all of us. Thank you for all the wonderful believers that are here. and Shape us and mold us to be more like you, more like David, a man or a woman after God's own heart. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Some people, Oscar, in our day and age, and and they may be driving in their cars right now, they're in a difficult marriage. You know, let's just be blunt. They're, they live with a jerk, right? They mm. get mistreated. Um, and they're wondering, you know, is there anyone who sees my pain? Is there anyone who can be my champion, who can rescue me? And David, uh, you know, is a type of the greater Christ, the, the ultimate David, who becomes our kinsman redeemer by saving us from the foolish people like Nabal of the world and purchasing us to be His bride. And I think there's a beautiful picture that comes to the surface here that is that, you know, we might we find ourselves in difficult situations because we're in a fallen world and there's people that all around us that don't know God, don't have any intention of repenting and coming to know God. There's some beautiful women in the church that, you know, maybe their husbands are never going to come to Christ. I don't know. We're never supposed to give up on that. And vice versa. There may be some men who are in that situation. But David becomes kind of this picture now of of the christ who's come to rescue us and buy us out of those situations and we have to hold on sometimes until that moment comes but that's where we trust in god so i think this leads us well into the gospel oscar we always try to get the gospel out there and here's the simple truth jesus christ came to purchase you from the slave market of sin and if you don't know christ you're you're going to die in your sins and trespasses i'm not trying to be harsh I'm just quoting the Bible. We're already dead. We're already under the judgment of God. But if you will trust in Christ, he took that judgment for you at the cross. He bore the wrath of God, so you won't have to. And you must receive him as your kinsman redeemer. Uh, you're not redeemed by corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct inherited from your forefathers. But what was spilled was the precious blood of Jesus Christ for you, my friend. And if you will turn to him, And say, Lord, I want to know you. I will trust in you for my salvation. I want to follow you. Um, And you enter into that relationship with him. And you ask for forgiveness. You repent of your sin. Do a 180 on the road of life. And receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. He will save you. He will be faithful to save you. And he'll give you a new beginning like Abigail had with David and uh, he'll give you a new life, and you'll be a new creation in Christ. Final thoughts, Oscar? Yes, in verse 40 of chapter 25, 1 Samuel, it says that David has sent you, has sent us to you to take you to him as his wife. Jesus asks us. He had sent messengers to us. Jesus wants you to be with him. Will you go? Thank you for listening to today's program. If you'd like to listen to this message again, learn more about our church in Corona, or to access archived messages, go to livingtruthradio.org and click on the church tab. You can follow us on Instagram at livingtruthcorona or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app on Apple and Android devices. Living Truth Radio is a listener-supported ministry. You can partner with us by donating at livingtruthradio.org.